Hello and welcome to the Daily Reprieve Podcast, where the sexaholic or sex addict can find experience, strength, and hope from those that have traveled this road ahead of us. This episode is produced in the spirit of the 12th step to carry the message to other sexaholics. Every effort has been made to remove full names of the speakers in these recordings. This is done in order to follow the 11th tradition regarding anonymity at the level of press, radio, television, and film. This podcast is self-supporting through contributions. If you enjoy listening to this podcast and would like to support The Daily Reprieve, please do so by going to GoFundMe.com, search for The Daily Reprieve, and click on Donate Now. Without further ado, please enjoy today's Daily Reprieve. Uh, this is John in Kansas City, uh, gratefully recovering uh, these many seemingly long, long time in this program. And uh, my sexual sobriety date is August 10th, 2017. Um, well, I'll talk a little bit about my uh, history in uh, this uh, addiction. And um, I think it really goes back all the way back to kindergarten, actually, where um, for some reason I had it in my head. I don't know how, but um, this desire, this uh, almost like a compulsion that I thought I had to have a girlfriend. And um, I don't know why that was or how that, where that came from, but somehow I feel like I was kind of set up for this uh, from early on for whatever reason. Uh, after that, though, it seemed like everything was pretty normal uh, for me. You know, it was some experimentation with some friends of mine in third grade uh, boys, and um, and I learned actually at a Boy Scout camp uh, how to masturbate. And uh, a friend of mine taught me there, and and everything seemed to be not abnormal. But I'll tell you, once I learned how to masturbate, that opened up a whole different world to me, um, and. Uh, at that point is when a friend of mine introduced me to uh, magazines back in the day, prior to the internet, and also into voyeurism. And so that uh, really kind of fed everything uh, to the point that, um, you know, I, I did, had a, I acted out every night, um, and I spent most of the day actually looking for that fantasy that day, that one uh, girl or woman who had been a girl at, when I was young um, to use as my fantasy that night. And uh, that went on for quite a while. And then when I got into high school, I was in an all boys school, didn't date much, knew a few girls, but not many through, uh, um, uh, through our uh, program we had in, uh, for uh, drama and theater. And um, then when I was 16, uh, my parents arranged for me to spend a weekend with a priest that they knew. And, uh, of course, not, I thought, okay, this should be fine, no problem there. And, um, well, let's just say he sexually abused me uh, that weekend. And uh, didn't, uh, I think at that point, Looking back, that's where things really went sideways for me. I think a lot of my development emotionally and and sexually did go off the rails. And 
Uh, it seemed like nothing changed much for my acting out, except I just knew I needed to have more and more of it. And by the time I was in college, um, you know, I wasn't having any sexual relations with uh, any girls, women, or anything like that, or men, nobody, really, except for my own fantasy world in my head and my own masturbation. And then I met who was to become my wife, and we got sexually involved fairly quickly. And before I knew it, within about a year and a half, uh, not only were we getting married, which was fine, I did truly love her, and I'm still with her after 36 years. Or I should say she's still with me. <laughs> and um, and uh, and our first uh, of our three children were going to be born, our son. And uh, that came a little earlier than we expected. And so we got married. Our son came a few months later. And, and it seemed like for some reason... Uh, Right before he was born, uh, my wife had to spend the night in the hospital. And I remember that very well, that uh, she was not feeling well. And thankfully, you know, it turned out that it was something they could take care of for her. But I was by myself. And when I was by myself, that's where I turned really to my drug big time. And that's where everything exploded was I went to my first... uh, strip joint. And that was the beginning of a long, long outbreak. I call it my severe acting out period that lasted approximately eight years, I think. Um, and uh, it involved everything you could imagine. Uh, it was from the adult bookstores, prostitutes, uh, you name it. And uh, it was the whole enchilada. During that time, though, <clears throat> And ever since then, I never had any affairs. Um, it was just a straight up, you know, total lust breakout for me. And and there was no emotional connections along the way. And uh, that was really pretty bizarre unto itself, <clears throat> to say the least. So um, after that eight years, um, it was my own enlightened self-interest that got me to stop. Um, it was the days where uh, HIV, AIDS was really coming into its own, and there there was no treatment. I mean, you basically, you died from it. And so I just uh, decided that I needed to stop that acting out. Now, after that time, doesn't mean my acting out stopped, not at all. Um, I was still into some voyeurism. I was still into uh, seeing what I could find with magazines. But then it really broke out again when the Internet hit. And, uh, you know, it wouldn't matter. My wife could hide the laptop. She could, uh, we could put passwords on things. We could put uh, um, any type of software that would monitor what I was doing. And I was too smart to get around all of it. I could I could get around all of it very easily and with no problem whatsoever. So that didn't work at all. And it really wasn't until I would say summer of 2001, I knew I had a real problem, a real something was wrong. I knew something was wrong. And it turned out there were several things that were going on mental health wise. I was having issues with anxiety and it turned out ADHD 
that's interesting to find that out when you're in your 40s, to say the least, uh, and having lived with that the whole time. And as that was getting uh, under control was when uh, I really started an essay. But this was 2001. That summer, I had a sponsor at the time in the program. We were starting to work the steps. But then he couldn't really help me anymore because something happened in his family, and that took his time away from that. And I really never got another good sponsor until basically today, (laughs) in the last six months or so. Uh, and it, I had sponsors, but it was an in and out. And I was in the program, out of the program. I had therapists telling me this whole time that um, many of them thought I was not a sex addict. And, uh, of course, that really messed with my head. I still knew I was. I mean, I still knew that. And, but I think the real turnaround for me uh, in the last, I'd say, eight, nine years uh, two things happened. One, uh, I did get reconnected with the program, which was great. Uh, but the reason I got reconnected was um, really twofold, I think. One is I finally learned that I could trust God to help me with this. And second, I got called on the carpet at work for a major problem that I had and uh, I, I kind of acted out negatively and not in the sense of sexually at all or anything to do with that. Uh, and I had someone who sat down with me and listened and was able to help me understand that I really did have a problem. I think uh, she knew that I had a problem, but I never shared it with her, but I will be eternally grateful for her compassion. And it taught me a lot about working with other people, too, and also uh, with sponsees today. And I was very grateful because I was able to get myself out of that. I was able to make my apologies and amends for what I did. And, uh, and from, I would say, this would be June 2013, that's when I really said I have to work my program now. And, and that's where... I got going in the program. I was going to meetings. I was getting on phone meetings. I was, you know, reading stuff and so forth. I thought I had a sponsor, (laughs) Uh, and I kind of did, but he was having problems with his own sobriety, and I really hadn't. And and one thing you might notice that's missing out of this whole context is uh, I was not really working the steps. And that's really where my, I fell down on all of this. I was getting therapy. Um, my wife began to get therapy with someone who deals with uh, spouses that are addicts, in, in essay in specifics, specifically. And I was doing my individual uh, with some uh, individual therapy with someone who worked in this area. And um, so I was really putting the pedal to the metal in all the different areas, except I was not truly working the steps. I made runs at them. You know, I would get to maybe step five or something through the years from 2001 on, uh, but it really wasn't until this past year and or so that I, I've had a really good, good sponsor, and I really decided no half measures availed me nothing. 
and I had to really go to it. And now I'm at step nine at the moment. And also, I just recently, about two weeks ago, uh, did a disclosure with my wife. And uh, she knew about the pornography already, but she was unaware from 30 years ago of all the acting out I did, as I call it, my severe acting out period. And, um, and so thankfully, uh, we had already both been in therapy ourselves and also with a uh, couples therapist. And we have the support to work through this at the moment and for her to process it and to understand it more. Um, and, and that's been, I, I see the wisdom that's in our white book about saying don't disclose right away. Um, and it wasn't a question that I, I was necessarily worried about disclosing. I think I, it turned out that for a while she did not want to know. And, and her therapist supported her in that. She did not want to know. It was S.A. again who came to the rescue here. And our local, uh, local uh, Greater Kansas City essay group that had a one-day, uh, and it was an essay, Essanon one-day, if you want to call it marathon, we call it wildfire here, uh, that we had um, both an essay speaker and an Essanon speaker. It was Harvey A. and his spouse, Nancy, from Nashville came here for the day. And it was that following day that my wife, I think, felt comfortable enough to ask about something from my past. And it happened to be a, the reason why is not, but I felt that I was no longer, I was able to be honest with her. And I just explained, here are the general areas that I was involved in. I didn't get in specifics, you know, and, and so forth. And of course she had her own reactions to it. And I'd be glad to talk to anybody later about that. But, um, but I think it's, it's been good. I, I think it's really been helpful for me uh, to finally have some of this out. But it's been after a lot of years and a lot of work on both our parts to get to that level. Um, I would say it, this program has been great for me and my recovery is great. And it's not been simply, you know, I've, I've been saying I'm recovering and I'm feeling better and so forth. And I do feel better, no doubt about that. But I, my two daughters uh, do know that I am a, a sex addict, a sexaholic, and, uh, and they've noticed the change in me over the last few years. My wife has noticed changes in me in the last few years. And uh, I've had let go of, and it was lifted from me for some, I don't know how, working through the steps. Oh, it's so critical that um, it was like my higher power for me, God, lifted that from me, all these resentments I had with people and all the anger I had and all these fights I was having in my head with people throughout the years, and especially with my own parents. And that made, it's like, it was all lifted. And it was like, I could breathe. I felt like I could breathe again after all these years. And, um, and, and I'll tell you, between now working these steps, I've been in, I'm working, doing more service, uh, related activities and essay, and uh, it's been just a—it's just a joy to be at these meetings at now and to share and 
and know I have this fellowship. I have everyone, all of you as brothers and sisters there that's that are that are brothers and sisters truly and 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 I am so absolutely grateful that I've had um, this chance for recovery, and I will be forever grateful uh, to God and to the program and to the fellowship uh, for this and for my family uh, for being absolutely eternally patient with me as I've gotten my recovery and I'm improving them, doing, taking the positive actions of love to improve my uh, relations with others, which uh, is just so critical for me. So uh, that's about all I have to say. And uh, thank you for listening. I appreciate it.